In the 1990s, my daily commute to downtown Manhattan had me schlepping past the Fulton Fish Market to my fancy office building with windows overlooking South Street Seaport. The Meat Packing District, Hell's Kitchen, Harlem, undesirable and not on a real estate listing anyone would touch. Until someone had the vision to see the possibility and make that investment. And once it all started, well, fish market became FIDI and meatpacking was rebranded as the High Line and it all suddenly seemed so obvious. But I wonder, when we can't see someone else's vision, should we look harder or stop looking? And that's what we're going to tackle today. Hi, I'm Suze, here with your weekly dose of culture, values, and identity, and where we tackle those topics others may consider off-limits. A little about me, I'm a busy Gen X mom who, quite frankly, wanted to grow up like the Brady Bunch, but how could I being raised in the shadow of Schindler's List? So this means I've spent a lifetime navigating these mixed messages we get hit with daily. You know those conversations where we wonder if it's safe to speak our minds. Can we share our experiences, voice our fears and concerns, or should we just keep our mouths shut? Well, too bad. I need to know. But I'm no expert, so I'm going to schmooze the experts and get their thoughts. Why? So when we engage with our kids, colleagues, or the countless committees we interact with, we can do it with competence, kindness, confidence, and maybe a bit of humor. If this sounds like your cup of coffee, welcome to Schmooze with Suze. Back before the word gentrification became synonymous with hike up the asking prices, the word picture it opened my eyes to possibility. Vacant warehouses were reimagined into loft spaces. Dilapidated parts of the boroughs were getting overhauled to fill the housing needs, and instead of building brand new, attention was paid to rehabbing the recyclable. And as outsiders came inside our neglected neighborhoods, they came with hope, idealism, and the understanding that there are grants for growing. They just need to be written and implemented. So by the time I got to Jacksonville, the fourth fastest growing city in Florida, the options seemed endless. If downtown can be the Manhattan equivalent, well, Riverside, Springfield, Brooklyn are the local versions of Riverdale, Sunnyside, and, well, Brooklyn. And I can see it clearly. So can my guest. She is third-generation Jacksonville, a fixture in the local landscape of art, culture, and entrepreneurship, and the director of community engagement for the Phoenix Arts District in the revitalizing Springfield section. Hi, Emily Moody. Hi, Susie. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for being on. Did any of that sound viscerally familiar to you? Yes, it's right in the heart of what we're doing at Phoenix Arts District. That's fantastic. So before we talk about the project, let's talk about the people. As someone with strong ties to the city, take us on your journey of Jacksonville. How did you come to this time and space where passion and purpose came to define your professional career? I grew up in Jacksonville, like you stated, third generation. I'm, this is my roots. This is my home. But I moved around a lot and came back 
in my early 20s because I just felt like there was an opportunity here to really make your mark and have an impact on a community after learning in other cities, Dallas, Atlanta, L.A., Mm. Um, I just wanted to come back and do that for my own hometown. Right. We get excited when we go elsewhere and we can bring that back to where our roots are. We feel like we're taking part in the wings. Really laying the foundation (laughs) from learning in other cities and then, yes, coming back here and being able to just... develop something new and fresh and something Jacksonville hasn't seen before. So I started that with um, a boutique in Five Points yes. in a live music venue. And those were emerging neighborhoods at the time? Five Points was always a place where like you turn 16, that's where you want to go after you get your driver's license. Okay. You know? like it's, it's always the cool neighborhood. But um, over the years, you've seen a lot more smaller stores leave and more restaurants come in mm-hmm. and like um, less small business, I think, over the years. So back as an entrepreneur, you were taking a chance. Just taking a dive. Yeah. And how did that work out? I was in Five Points for almost seven years. Wow. Um, I launched my um, live music venue in the back of my boutique. Underbelly. Underbelly. I read about that. It's legendary. We were award winning (laughs) back in the day and now it's been reopened and it's really exciting to see that little baby have another whole life um, in downtown Jacksonville. Okay. So this is when you're really young and still inexperienced and you're taking a chance. And beyond that, you take a venture into the true cultural landscape of Jacksonville at the Commer Museum. Yes. So after my nightlife um, travel experiences, I wanted to get kind of a safer nine to five job. And, you know, the Commer Museum has such an amazing track record in the city for being a leading arts organization. And so I started there in 2013, handling events and programs, Mm -hmm. um, lectures. I booked all the music just kind of creating that culture and that placemaking that was going on at the Oh, it really grew during that time frame. When I first moved here, the the first thing people say is there's no culture, right? If you come from a big city somewhere, the first thing you do is you want to piss on a small town. And I'll admit that it took me a little while to find those niches. But once I found one, it's like, it's like a shark tooth. Right. You, you can't you stop. can't stop looking at seeing them. Right. So this the five points became Avondale, became Springfield, became these downtown became Orange it's like Park. little boroughs, you know, just like New York, just like you were referencing. Say that again. The little boroughs like the of boroughs. Jacksonville, Florida. That's exactly how I saw it. And I never stopped seeing it because the first trip was over a bridge. And for a girl from Brooklyn, New York, going over the Brooklyn Bridge or through the Brooklyn Battery Tunnel, um, there was that, I realize now that 10 minutes, that's all it takes to get from one side to the other. And it changes everything. It opens up the entire area for people to live, grow, thrive, and still take advantage of the opportunities. It's true. I mean, I drove here to the studio and it was 13 minutes away, but in that time I went through, you know, Springfield, downtown, and then into kind of a more commercialized, the Gate Parkway area. So I think there's so many different neighborhoods and so many different vibes that are going on at the same time in one big city. True story. So you've been here for a long time and then let's just get it out. Because I have made it my mission to clear up misconceptions, I have to ask the uncomfortable questions, right? Okay. Okay. (laughs) So, for every time I can envision value in what Jacksonville has to offer, I have heard 
from a long-term resident that Jacksonville is where renderings come to die. As a long-term resident and a visionary, what say you? Well, um, I have also heard that little tidbit and, you know, I am a Jacksonville champion. I am I do what I do because I want to see things move forward and mm. pro- and progress. And so that is why I am now on the current project that I'm on, because I believe in this city and I believe we can have nice things. We do have nice things. We can keep going and keep growing. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's really important to continue on the path of progress for Jax. Right. So there's, there's always two ways of looking at things for every problem you can find two solutions or for every solution you can find two problems and we are very solution driven people and i'm i'm eternally positive i try to be and i just i feel like when you can put your passion and your heart into something you can really make it happen you know if you build it they will come exactly oh So that is the motivation of this entire podcast is building the plane while we're flying it because we're going to think good and it will be good. We're going to build it and they will come. So let's talk a little bit about the inspiration for the project. Who is the investor? What is their track record? How did Springfield, the historic district, come to expand out into Phoenix, the arts district? Or did Phoenix, the arts district, always exist? Well, um, a little back history on Phoenix Arts District. Christy Frazier, a longtime Jacksonville resident, entrepreneur, and her so many different things she's done over the years in the visionary, city. Visionary, a true, cultural a visionary. True visionary. Um, we have to give credit to Christy because she's the one that really put the stake in the ground for Phoenix Arts District. And um, she started that a few years, or I would say maybe six to eight years ago, and just slowly built, created a vibe with the arts scene, had mm. artist studios in there. And then now fast forward to today, Tony Cho, he is our founder and CEO. He owns Future of Cities, which is a think tank and regenerative um, placemaking group mm-hmm. out of Miami. And they... We're looking for different areas of Florida to invest in because they did want to stay within the state of Florida and came upon Jacksonville. Next thing that happens, they're up here touring with um, Springfield Preservation mm-hmm. and Restoration Spar, and they just fell in love with the neighborhood. They heard Christy was selling some buildings, and kind of the rest is history. They Over the past two years, we have... Um, been able to amass about 10 acres so we have a lot of property that we're working on and it's just two blocks north of the historic district mm-hmm. so we're at like 14th and liberty is the cross streets of our main offices and that'll be where our first activations are going to be taking place and actually already are let's talk plan and process commitment and community all of those are part of the mission of the phoenix arts district and the friends of phoenix Paint me a portrait of what is happening now and what is in progress. Well, I've been on the project for a year now, and in that time, lots of planning, lots of discussions, so much brainstorming, and really laying the foundation for what we want to launch and do in the neighborhood. Um, We are, like I said, we have lots of square footage. Mm -hmm. We want to co-create with the community, though, so we want other other people to come in and be inspired by what we're doing and jump jump on our bandwagon right. and bring their businesses down here. And that's really what we're hoping to do with the actual project. So there's so many 
um, social good arms of our project that we really wanted to focus on. And so we've launched Phoenix Friends of Phoenix nonprofit, and that'll be supporting four pillars around um, social equity and inclusion, um, affordable housing. Mm. We're going to be doing um, arts and arts and culture, and then a whole technology and innovation piece. So. Mm. Those, those four pillars will really be a focus for us on how we can build up the community and help create with the community and the residents that are right there. So kind of like I teed up at the beginning, back in the 1990s, in those neighborhoods where people were in a negative context saying, those yuppies are coming in. Well, guess what? Those yuppies wrote grants and those grants came in and revitalized parts of the community that they wouldn't have otherwise been able to, A, afford to do on their own, and two, were not garnering enough attention from local city, local legislation, so that those parts of town were getting squeaky wheel, right? Well, yes. I mean, and also it's a huge food desert over there. I mean, there's lots of people that don't have access to transportation. So they, a mile and a half to a grocery store doesn't sound that far away, but it does when you don't have transportation. How are you toting back all of those groceries? There are small, smaller um, little shops that they can find like very processed foods and all of that, but there's not any anything. Okay, so... I don't want to dumb this down, but I'm not always very aware, right? And I, and I, my very, very first episode of this podcast was really designed to talk about being woke versus being awake. So when you say food desert, I want to be very clear. When I um, first moved to St. John's County, I remember I took a ride and the realtor took us from Phillips Highway up Racetrack Road and there was nothing developed there eight years ago nothing and then they took us to a house to look at and we went there and I remember saying like where's the closest supermarket and really complaining and the truth is had we come from another direction probably four blocks away was a Publix and I was complaining about the four blocks away Publix so explain to people who are not familiar with that part of town what does food desert mean to you where is the closest Walmart, Publix, Winn-Dixie, Rose, grocery store, for lack of a better word, where I was growing up, we called a neighborhood corner store the bodega. Yes, there's so, no, there's not really even that many bodegas around. So talk to me, of what, what does food desert mean? That's accessibility to food for people. So the closest grocery store, there's one downtown. Um, there's also... Eight minute drive. So are you talking about the Publix that's over the bridge? No, there's a Publix in Riverside. That would be the closest Publix. There is a Winn-Dixie over at Gateway Mall. And then there's a Harvey's downtown, like at the kind of closer to the stadium. So none of those are very accessible for the residents right in our quadrant of community. Okay. Target, I mean, the closest targets would be Regency or all the way down in Ortega. Okay. Nothing close. So for right now, you're taking a part of town and somebody else is coming in and willing to make that investment and seize the opportunity in hopes that the city of Jacksonville is going to provide the resources to help bring that project to fruition. Correct. I mean, public-private partnerships are really important for us and... um, I didn't really give a background on Tony Cho, but I want to mention that he did develop Wynwood in in Miami. He was one of the original Wynwood Arts District. Yes, 
So that's why this looked very familiar to me. I was very lucky that Emily took me on a tour and I want to hear more about that aspect of this. I think this is where we're going to debunk renderings come to die. Okay. Tony definitely is a visionary and a real estate visionary in his own right. I mean, he knows what he's doing and Wynwood, although he's been exited from Wynwood for a while, I mean, he was one of, he saw the opportunity and possibility mm-hmm. for that neighborhood. And we are also not trying to recreate a Winwood here in Jacksonville. And me being on the project, I feel like it's important to keep it unique to Jacksonville. Right. So that's something that we definitely are striving to do. Okay. So let's talk about events that take place in that space that are community collaborative. It was really fascinating to me because again, I had right away the East Village flea market in mind when I walked between those, you're nodding your head for those that are listening (laughs) and not watching the clips. You're nodding your head because you saw what seemed obvious. Well, we've just launched the Phoenix Flea for All. So really? once a month, we're doing an outdoor flea and makers um, collaboration with a ton of small businesses in Jacksonville. We've got a Fishweir Brewery comes out. We have wow. a DJ. It's just a really cool, fun, friendly vibe. And just, again, creating space for people to come together and share. It also introduces you to a new part of town that you otherwise wouldn't be familiar with. I always say, come immerse yourself within the art that's right around your buildings. Oh, that's a great tagline. It really is all around the buildings over there. So let's um, talk a little bit about how far you are from the rest of the parts of town. Is it bikeable? Well, we will be bikeable because we actually are part of the connection of the Emerald Trail, if you know that project. I am familiar with that project. So explain to me what the public, private, art business. I know what I saw with my eyes, but paint me a little bit of the picture of what the dream future of city of Jacksonville, Springfield redevelopment looks like to you. We want to be a place where you come and you park your car and then you get out and you bike and you walk uh, around our entire property. I mean, we're going to have everything from food and beverage to tons of entertainment. We're going to have pocket parks kind of scattered throughout the footprint of our space, which will all be connected through the Emerald Trail. If you're biking, you know, you can bike from Riverside to to our area through the Emerald Trail. And once that's completed, it's just going to be huge for the city. It's unbelievable. It's such an opportunity. It's really exciting. So when I walked inside, what was most impressive to me is that I saw, like picture this, viewers, listeners, on card tables, there were these layouts of um, what looked like a Monopoly board and glasses filled with marbles. And I asked Emily, what is happening over here? And what did you tell me? Because it blew my mind. You invite people in. So we're really passionate about building this together, like I've said. and With we really the community, wanted- with the neighborhood, with the people who live there. You're not looking to come in and say, and this is what we're doing, and whether you like it or not, here we are. Uh-huh. We really want to gain feedback from everyone, and so we've been doing these community engagement pieces where, I mean, people get their 10 marbles, and they can spend it however they want in their glass jars, and there's jars that, you know, if you find that transportation's important, you can put all your marbles in that jar, but then there's also urban agriculture and sustainability mm-hmm. and you know art studio spaces. There's a bunch of different components of the board 
So when we have our arts meetups, when we have our community meetings, we're inviting people to interact with that um, activity so that we can gather their feedback. And it's a cool visual, too, to see the jars filling up and what seems important and what's maybe not as important to some people. That's so fascinating. I thought what I was most impressed with is that when we met, you were ready and prepared and you also were very comfortable to say, well, this is an active work in progress and we are looking at what was an opportunity on a previous project so that we can perfect it moving forward here on this one. And we're a work in progress because when we see the needs of the community shift, we're willing to shift with those needs. I mean, that's exactly... you hit the nail on the head. That's exactly what we want to do. I mean, we feel like it's so important to gain feedback from our neighbors and the residents and all of Jacksonville. Like, what do they really want? Have you gotten a lot of feedback? Have you gotten outside um, community involvement? How involved is the historic district of Springfield, SPAR? How, How connected are you with those entities? We just actually, like two weeks ago, did a presentation at their quarterly meeting oh. to fill them in on the project. We definitely, we want to communicate with everyone about, and really be transparent about what we're working on. So sharing and then gaining feedback and you know shifting as we need to, or as the project progresses. So how can we find out more and stay in the loop on all things Phoenix, upcoming events, the flea for I love this flea for all <laughs> I'm amazed so it's super fun what's the website what's the weekly monthly you said right now we are doing the flea monthly we're when? doing um it's about the middle of the month on a Saturday so okay so we, on a Saturday it's on Saturdays we are shifting for June, June July August we're going to be doing evening flea because you know how hot it gets around yes here. so we're doing four to nine so maybe it's a little bit cooler so out. you could literally go from Riverside Arts Market to the flea for all get some food at one of our food trucks yeah grab a beverage we have sequential coffee that comes out wow they have the most delicious cold brew you've ever tasted so really just working with all these small businesses and bringing everyone together is so important to us and it also is building the culture of the neighborhood so where can we find the upcoming events you can go to our website. It's phxjax.com. And then on there, you can also sign up for our newsletter. Mm-hmm. You can go to our events listings and we have a full calendar and we're keeping that updated with all the new and exciting things we're working on. Fantastic. I'm so excited to attend your events and I'm really looking forward to the marble one. Well, you can come and do the marbles whenever you want. I'm looking forward to it. And is that event space available for um, private rental or? Not currently. So we are going to be rehabilitating the buildings Mm -hmm. and that'll be over the next year. And we're hoping to get those online for event rentals and then also co-working space and artist studios that'll all be coming on in um, early 2024. We have that space is going to be about um, 30,000 square feet total. So exciting. Creative office between the studios and then about 10,000 square feet of rental space. Okay, so I just want to say something really quickly before I say goodbye to you. Emily said something that I loved. She said to me, we really love if artists come in here and they decide they want to just, you know, work on our walls and stuff and they want to do stuff in here. It's okay. And I was thinking, oh my goodness, I can't wait. Were you being serious? 
Well, we do consider ourselves a safe space for artists to come out and paint on our buildings. And we are doing also, we're really excited to announce this and it's actually getting announced on Monday, but we're going to be doing the 48 hour mural festival in conjunction with the 48 hour film festival. When is that? That's going to be at the end of September. So it's going to be over 48 hours and artist teams. We already have 33 artists that are interested in participating and we have to call that down to 10 teams. Wow. And they will have 48 hours to paint their mural. Okay, so this isn't airing this week, but give all that information now for artists here in Jacksonville with the surrounding areas. You can go to where to find out more about the 48-hour mural festival, and it's in partnership with the 48-hour film festival, so we're doing it the same weekend that they do it. Jacksonville is so cool. We've got so many amazing creatives here, and just really creating space for them to continue to do their work, I think, is so important. Right. We don't need you taking your talent to South Beach. No, stay here. (laughs) We have it all. Emily, thank you so much. It is a privilege to spend time with you. Your energy, and she smells delicious, (laughs) is really a breath of fresh air. I'm so glad we got connected. I'm so happy to meet you. The privilege is all mine. Thank you. And now it's time for our honorable mention. Mensch is the Yiddish, Yiddish word for a person of integrity and honor with a sense of what is right and responsible. This week's Honorable Mensch is Lauren Rickoff, the Director of Campaign and Women's Philanthropy at the Jewish Federation and Foundation of Northeast Florida. Lauren took on her role with the vision of not only increasing the campaign's financial goals for the local Federation branch, but also creating engagement, enrichment, and emerging leaders who are socially aware and becoming more active in our local community. I was privileged to graduate from the inaugural class of the LEAD program that Lauren envisioned and initiated here. As a working mom, Lauren is a role model to women locally and globally, and together with her husband, is creating her own emerging leader in her daughter, all while inspiring me to want to run, if only to share in the beauty of Jacksonville that Lauren sees through her vision of unending potential and marathons. If you know of someone who is the kind of mensch who should get an honorable mention, send me a note at schmoozewithsuz.org or drop me a line on Instagram. That's going to do it for us today. Thanks for sticking around. Make sure to subscribe to Schmooze with Suze on YouTube and follow me on Instagram to get your daily dose of chutzpah. I'm Suze, your well-informed smartass who's not afraid to stand up and speak out. Because what's an envelope if not for pushing? Hey, stay inspired and inspiring.